Nurse.com is proud to be a sponsor of the Ask Nurse Alice podcast. As the premier destination for nursing knowledge and resources, Nurse.com supports your passion for healthcare with an unrivaled collection of tools, articles, and courses tailored for the nursing community. Get your daily dose of things you need to know for your nursing journey. Discover the world of nursing like never before with Nurse.com. Empower your practice, advance your career, and enrich your knowledge. Nurse.com. It's your nurse life all in one place. You're listening to Ask Nurse Alice, presented by Nurse.org, where Alice Benjamin combines no-nonsense advice with thought-provoking interviews. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Ask Nurse Alice podcast. I'm your host, Alice Benjamin, clinical nurse specialist and family nurse practitioner, and I want to start today's show off by asking y'all a question. Are you getting enough sleep? Now, some of you might be Scratching your head thinking, hmm, that's a little subjective. What do you mean by that? Well, let me quantify it for you. The National Sleep Foundation and the CDC and some other agencies suggest that adults get anywhere from seven to nine hours of sleep every night. So there you go. There's some numbers and you can kind of figure that out. How much sleep are you getting compared to the seven to nine hours? Are you getting that? Well, I don't always get that. I try, but sometimes I fall short of that but I'm not alone. The CDC also reports that about 35% of Americans report getting less than that seven hours of sleep, which is considered insufficient sleep, which is also a major cause of excessive daytime sleepiness, which affects about 18% of the U.S. population. Now, sometimes, although I try my best, it's hard. I feel like my schedule gets in the way. So here's a prime example of what I'm talking about. So I work night shift and day shift. Actually, you know, us nurses, we work multiple gigs. But anyways, I work night shift. Okay, so my first day on, it's hard for me to sleep in the daytime. So I kind of like crash and burn. I have a regular day and then I end up staying up through the night. So I'm up a lot longer than I need to be. So I'm going into work already kind of behind the clock, not having gotten any sleep. And then I'm jamming all night, working, 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 working. And we know that there's this thing called the circadian rhythm and it's affected by light daytime exposure. And so, you know, during the night, even though I'm working, sometimes I still get sleepy because I see that it's dark outside. My body's like, girl, it is time to go to bed. But my body's like, no, 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 I'm taking care of this patient. I got to go suction this person. I got to go give medications. Oh my gosh, we're code blue. We got to do CPR and all of these things. So I'm working. But my body's like, girl, it's time to go to bed. So I am fighting an uphill battle. And then it's time to clock off. You know, work is done. That's if you've caught up with your charting and you're not delayed. Because sometimes we get held over. Whether you are in the hospital, outside the hospital, sometimes we stay late. And then don't have a manager want to have a staff meeting, a shift change. Because then you're asked to stay over. It's only going to be for an hour. We're going to have breakfast. Don't worry. There'll be coffee. And so you try to go to the staff meeting because you're required to go to four of them out of the year, right? So you go to that and then you're like, okay, I'm tired, but I got to do all these things. Let me push through. I'll go home and I'll go to sleep. Then we get in the car and we're trying to do our best to get home, but it can be very dangerous getting behind that wheel when you've worked for so long and you're sleep deprived. Honey, you know what it's like 
We got the windows rolled down so air can kind of like slap us in the face, right? We have the music turned all the way up so that can keep us up. Sometimes we're on the phone with someone to talk us through our way home. We're drinking coffee or drinking soda and we're just like just sitting in our seat, just moving around, just moving around. I've done that. Like I got ants in my pants type of thing. Just trying to stay awake. Okay. Don't get on an open road where you're just driving and driving because you, you know, the little dotted lines in the road that separate the lanes. Those can actually sometimes put you in a trance. But anyways, you're driving, you're trying to get home, and then you get to that stop sign or that stop light that seems like it's taking forever. We've all been there, kind of sitting there like fighting it, like, oh my gosh, please. And you're saying a prayer in your head, like, please let me get home. I promise I'm not going to do this again. I promise I'm going to get enough sleep. Like you're, you're, you're negotiating with yourself. You're negotiating with the self that didn't get the sleep. And then you're sitting there and then it's like, oh my gosh, this light is taking forever. And then you feel like this cloak of heaviness over your face and your eyes and your body. And you don't know what happened. All you remember is that that quick neck jerk when you're like blinking your eyes open, like, oh my God, what happened? And you realize that you had dozed off at the light. Now, fortunately, you haven't moved. That foot didn't come off the pedal. Not everyone's as fortunate, guys. About 5% of car accidents are attributed to lack of sleep. So like that scares the shit out you, but you're like, oh my gosh, let me get home. I, I, I can't, I can't with this anymore. So you're like negotiating with yourself. Like I promise not to do this with myself anymore. I promise to get some sleep. You get home and you're like, you know what? I'm a shower and I'm gonna go to bed. And then that sunlight hits you. And that sun is telling the body like, wake up, beautiful. It's time to be up, things to do. And you're like, okay, I'm a shower. I'm gonna eat, I'm gonna eat breakfast. And then I'm gonna go lay down. But then something comes up. You're like, oh my gosh, let me answer this email. Something else comes up. Oh, I got to make this phone call. And like little things are coming up or you might have to have go to like the dentist or a doctor's appointment, something that only happens during the daytime hours. So you're sacrificing your sleep. You've not yet gone to sleep. So you're prolonging it even more. But by then you believe that you've gotten a second wind, but really that's the sunlight telling your body like, Hey, it's daylight. You're supposed to be up, but your body is so confused inside. You're like, I'm awake, but I'm cranky right? Like you're without sleep. You're, I don't know what it is. Like, you know, how we say hangry, you're hungry and you're angry, but this time you're just sleepy and angry and not even knowing it. But little do you know, or maybe you do know, we are less productive. Um, we're not as crisp in our thoughts and our actions and our quickness to respond to things. And it just takes us twice as long to do things. But anyways, you're not gone to sleep yet. Still not gone to sleep. And then what happens you finally lay down, you go to sleep and unless you have blackout windows or you've blacked out all the sound and the light in your room, something subtle is going to wake you up. It disrupts your sleep. You've only gotten four hours of sleep. You're still tired and you can't go back to sleep and you got to work again the following night. I hate when that happens. I legit, when it happens, I'm like, you know what? I'm quitting this job. And the job had nothing to do with it. It was all of this, the decisions that I made about my sleep hygiene that are impacting my whole life. And you guys, it's totally not healthy. And we're going to get to some of those health problems that a lack of sleep can cause. But, you know, in my story that I just told, the first thing I want to talk about is safety, 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 safety. Y'all getting behind the wheel when you are sleepy is just like getting behind the wheel while you are drunk. Do not do it right. You might think you're invincible. You might like, oh my gosh, I just lived like less than a mile away you don't know how tired you really are until you hit a parked car because that's what happened to me yes honey 
I hit a parked car. I am not proud of it at all. And I know this will probably use against me somewhere, but you know what? I had insurance, got it all taken care of. I didn't uh, hit and run or anything like that. So just FYI, Nurse Alice takes care of her business. But just think about that. I hit a parked car. How the hell? The car was not even moving. I was the only one in motion, but my judgment was impaired because I was so sleepy. And I was literally kind of dozing off and, you know, fighting sleep. And I just didn't do as good of a job as I thought I could do. I overestimate my ability to fight through sleep to get home, hit a parked car, and thank God I didn't hurt myself and no one else was injured. So here's the problem with not getting enough sleep. And we call this sleep deprivation. It can cause memory problems, feelings of depression, lack of motivation, irritability, slower reaction times, a weakened immune system, which can raise your chances of getting sick, also gives you stronger feelings of pain. There are higher chances of conditions like high blood pressure, diabetes, heart attacks, and obesity. It can cause you to have a lower sex drive, even wrinkles and dark circles under your eyes. It can contribute to overeating and weight gain, troubleshooting problems and making decisions, give you a bad decision-making behaviors, and it can even cause you to hallucinate. So those are the things that we don't want to happen, but it's a result of sleep deprivation. Now, when we talk about sleep deprivation, what is that? Well, it's actually a sleep debt. A sleep debt, what? I thought that only happened in the bank, right? Well, a sleep debt is a difference between the amount of sleep someone needs and the amount they actually get. So for example, if your body needs eight hours of sleep, but you're only sleeping six, then you have a two-hour sleep deficit, a two-hour sleep debt. And since sleep debt is cumulative, going to sleep about 30 to 60 minutes later than usual on most days can quickly add up. And some of the reasons why we actually do that are because we miss sleep because of long work hours, commuting, socialization, relaxation, or watching TV. So we think we're relaxing, but our body actually needs to be to sleep. And accumulating sleep debt doesn't always mean that we feel tired. So you can actually be in a sleep debt or sleep deprived and not feel tired. Research has shown that some of us can cognitively adapt to chronic sleep restriction and not feel particularly sleepy, even though our body is showing significant declines in physical and mental performance. So the key here is we don't want sleep debt to happen. So now we know what it is, right? So we know how, how it occurs, what happens when you have a sleep debt. So the goal would be to make sure that you are getting the sleep so you don't have to worry about those things. So what are some tips to help you sleep better, sleep longer? Well, some of the things you can do are stick to a sleep schedule every day, even on the weekends. Now, I know that's hard because it's like we try to go to sleep early during the day and we stay up all weekend. Well, that's not good because it takes our body out of a cycle. Okay, but I'll say this. When you do go to sleep, set your alarm for the time you actually want to get up. Okay, don't do like me and make the same mistakes I've made. But I used to set the alarm to go off like an hour before I needed to be up. I have like one hour and then like 30 minutes and then 15 minutes and then five minutes. And then I'd have to, you know, the alarm for me to get up. But then what would happen is it would go off and then I'd hit snooze again. And so I felt like it really didn't work, y'all. It really didn't work. You're probably better off getting that uninterrupted sleep. Avoid the unnecessary alarms and just get up when you really need to get up. 
Also, avoid eating heavy meals and caffeine before bedtime. Now, this can be challenging because many Americans can actually eat later into the evening. And that's the reason why we we rather you not do this or your body should probably like, don't do this, girl. I need to go to sleep. Don't eat heavy meals and eat caffeine before bed. The reason why your body is probably saying something like that to you is because the body's GI system works very hard to digest food and that can impact your body's ability to rest. So not to mention after eating, there is the potential experience of indigestion, nausea or diarrhea, which can disrupt your sleep. Oh, that's no good, right? Or sometimes we can avoid this by passing on the light snacks and heavy meals at least two to three hours before bedtime and avoiding caffeine, alcohol, nicotine, and other chemicals that interfere with sleep. Now, if you are going to eat something, make sure it's a light meal and you know definitely doesn't have any caffeine or alcohol in it, but try some tryptophan-rich foods. And the tryptophan can actually make you feel sleepy. It's found in foods like milk, turkey, nuts and seeds, bananas, honey, and eggs. So those aren't really heavy foods anyway. So if you are going to eat something, offer something like that. And also try to avoid some spicy foods. Spicy foods can really um, not only potentially disrupt your stomach and cause indigestion, but make it difficult for you to fall asleep because that GI system is going to be working on overtime. Something else you can do to help make it nicer and easier for you to fall asleep is taking a warm shower before bedtime. Did you know that we begin to feel sleepy when our body senses a drop in temperature? So you can enhance this effect by taking a warm shower bath prior to bed and that that contrast between a warm shower and a cool bed will help you doze off. I like when that happens actually. Also, you can try adding plants to your sleep space. Yes, did you know that some plants are better at purifying the air and helping you to breathe better in the evening since they since they release a lot of oxygen and absorb the carbon dioxide we exhale in our sleep. Um, and also it adds to kind of a serene environment. It really does. So things, plants like aloe vera, chamomile, try gardenia. They have like a nice light smell that can actually help you to fall asleep. Also, lighting is everything. Remember I talked about that sleep-wake pattern that we have? Well, that's heavenly influenced by lighting. So exposure to bright light during the daytime helps us to regulate our sleep and wake cycle. And nighttime light exposure can be disruptive to sleep. So limit outdoor light by covering windows with curtains and avoid the use of an electronic device in the bedroom. So that cell phone, turn it face down, dim the lights, those type of things. And because even the, even the dimmest light can interfere with sleep, guys. So want to be mindful of that because some people like to sleep with a nightlight. I do too because I'm kind of afraid of it in the dark. Yes, I am when it's like dark, dark. I just need a little bit of light, but nothing like directly in my face light, but like a little nightlight, but nothing too close where I'm staring at it or it's really disrupting my sleep. Also, exercising daily. We're like, Nurse Alice, we know exercise is important. Exercise is important for like so many different things, but really helping you fall asleep because I'll say this, exercise can actually, you know, cause you to, you know, burn a lot of energy and it prompts the body to want to rest. Like, yes, rest. Like, oh my gosh, you ran half a mile. I'm tired. I'm going to sleep type of rest. And that's a good rest because that type of physical activity is also heart healthy, helps you lose weight, helps release those feel good hormones and all that other great stuff. And it makes your body want to sleep. So something else you might want to try is improving your sleep surface. So the average lifespan of a good mattress is about 10 years. 
even less if you opt for a cheaper one. Hey, let's we've all been on a budget, right? But um, invest, invest in your sleep pattern because when you sleep, you can feel better about yourself. You can feel good. You'll get enough sleep so you can actually do all the things that you want to do. So that is an investment. I say your bed and your shoes are total investments because you got to be comfortable because these are things you're going to be doing for a long, long time. Okay. And when it comes to your sleep service, a firmer mattress can actually provide your bones with the resistance and support it needs, while a softer mattress can give you that comfort and cushion you need to sleep happy through the night. So think of that when you're looking for your optimal sleep service and realize that you should probably change your pillows every year. They lose their form and hygienic purpose after some time. So don't wait till they're all yucky and nasty and super flat. Go ahead and change your pillows. I actually uh, will spray a little bit of lavender, put a little bit of lavender oils on my pillows as well, because lavender will help me go to sleep too. Those essential oils, boo, those essential oils will do it every single time. So these are the ways in which you can help you fall asleep, guys, because sleeping and being sleep deprived, no good, no bueno, lots of harmful effects, as I mentioned earlier. And so let's offset that. Let's offset that and make sure that as we're on our journey to living happier and healthier lives and doing everything we can so that we are rested, restored and at our best sleep. Sleep, sleep, sleep. Sleep is so important. And like I said, getting enough sleep is going to actually boost your mood, your mental wellness. It's going to decrease your chances for a, a stroke, a heart attack. So it's going to help lower your blood pressure. Like all of these good things. Getting good sleep also helps you to stay on that health journey because did you know the neurotransmitters ghrelin and leptin are regulated when we sleep? So when you sleep, you have adequate amounts of that. When you don't get enough sleep, they're out of whack and it causes you to have the munchies and you don't feel full when you eat. Like who knew, right? Who knew that sleep, I guess I've said sleep is yummy. So literally it's yummy, yummy in the sense of ghrelin and leptin. But anyways, I digress. Point is, sleep is important in restoring your physical and mental health and preserving it. And it's also very helpful in a myriad of ways as it relates to your physical health. And that's really what we want. You know, it really wants you to be at your best. And, you know, being healthy is not only about what you eat and exercising, but it's also about sleep. And it's also about what you feed your mind, your eyes and your ears. So take note of that also, but we'll tap on that in another episode. Thanks guys for joining in as we talk about sleep. I know it's something that we do every day. I think it's something we often take for granted. We don't always fully understand it or understand the importance of it until we're already sleep deprived, but let's not go there. Let's not get to that point. So let's, I hope you listened to the podcast, got some good information about it, and I hope it's inspired you and motivated you to get more sleep in your health journey. And make sure you share this with a friend because sharing is caring. So make sure, and also make sure to subscribe to the Ask Nurse Alice podcast so you don't miss another episode. And if you are really like down for the cause and supporting me and really are agreeable to the content that I share, please make sure to like and subscribe the podcast. Uh, your support is really, really appreciated. So guys, until next time, be kind to one another, make good choices and live well, my friends. Talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to Ask Nurse Alice. Visit nurse.org for nursing career, education and community resources.